Thank you, Lord. Psalms chapter 27, we're going to look at verse 4 through 6 this morning. Uh, I, I know this is part 2, uh, and I may go into part 3 next week. I'm going to just kind of see how I'm filling things out. Uh, but uh, we are at least going to cover the first, or, or really verse 4 is uh, what, where I want to stay mostly today. Psalms 27, 4 through 6. <clears throat> One thing I have desired of the Lord... That will I seek after that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head now And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies. God, that's the position God wants us in. God wants our head above our enemies. Amen. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. And I just ask God that you help me to... Bring this word forth. Help us to understand what your scripture is saying this morning, God. And, and I, I just ask for that anointing that, that will help me preach better. But God, help us to receive it with your anointing this morning. God, help us to un understand your word as we, as we open it up this day. In Jesus' name we pray. In the church today, man, you may be seated this morning. Last week I began this message by reading Luke chapter 21. <clears throat> and if you remember, Jesus in Luke 21 was warning us of, of the last days. He was said that many signs would come. We, we, we can read those signs, but uh, some of the things he said that you would hear of wars and rumors of wars. That you would, that you would hear of nations rising against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms and earthquakes and pestilence and famines and he said it would be fearful sight in, in the sight of a, in the great and great signs from heaven he he Jesus said in Luke 21 26 said that it would get so bad that men's heart would fail them because of fear for the looking after those things which was coming on the earth that that will happen one day for the power of heaven shall be set shaken uh, where men's hearts will fail them because of everything they're seeing. But, but I told you last week, but as the child of God, we have nothing to fear. And, 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 you know, since we're talking about pestilence, uh, you know, and, and we hear about this coronavirus, you have nothing to fear. Don't you let terror get in your heart and, and wonder what's going on. God's got it. God's going to take care of it. But, but what are we to do as children of God when we see things like this coming? So, uh, if you look at verse 27 and 28, uh, Luke 21, then shall we see. This is why I'm not fearing because I know that when the end of time comes uh, that the Son of Man's going to come in the cloud with power and with great glory. So I tell the children of God, look up, lift up your head for your redemption draw not. <laughs> That's what we do when the trouble comes and we see things as we're uncertain about. Do not fear, do not uh, let terror get a hold of you. But he says, look up and lift up your head for your redemption draw not. Now that's how he tells us to handle the issues that's coming. 
But on the same note, he would tell you in your trouble right now, you say, Pastor, I'm just worried about right now. Got an issue right now. I got trouble in my family. I got trouble with my marriage. I'm dealing with a divorce. My kids are out of control. And I sometimes I just feel like throwing my hands up. That's what the enemy wants you to do. Don't throw your hands up, but throw your eyes up. I just heard that. And look unto the Lord and lift up your head and believe that your redemption draweth nigh. You do the same thing that Jesus told us to do when all these bad things are going to come to the earth at the end of time. You look up and you lift up your head. Lift up your head like you know the God you serve is greater than your circumstance. He's bigger than your mountain. He's bigger than your problems and your issues. That's why right in the midst of my trouble, when I'm surrounded by my enemy, I can hold my head up because I know the God I serve. He's a good God and a mighty God and he's for me and if God be for me then who can be against me God help us to lift our head up somebody needs to get your head up and last week we began to look at some things that will help us keep our head up and we looked at this psalm that I just read to you in, in verse 4 and we, we talked about that first thing I'm going to hit on it quickly and then we're going to move he said in verse 4 of our text one thing David said one thing that I desire is to uh, seek after him to seek after the Lord and this is how he wants to seek this is the key we, you can't just seek after the Lord any, any way you desire but this is, this is how you you get victory. This is how you're able to lift your head up. I seek after the Lord that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. In other words, I look up, I look up, I seek after the Lord, and I do it in the house of the Lord. Now, now when you look at that, the house of the Lord in the Old Testament, we know was was a tabernacle. We we know that it was where the Ark of the Covenant was. We know the Ark of the covenant represents the presence of the Lord so the house of the Lord you can look and say what David is saying here is I need I, I want to be in the presence of the Lord every day of my life matter of fact do you know that you're in the presence of the Lord right now According to Jesus, you are. He said, for when he, either any two or three gather together in my name he says I'm in the midst of them God, is in the midst of us. It's, it's another reason we are to assemble together. I still believe in the local church coming together because he's here and we come together and, and he's, his presence is here and we come together to honor him and to worship him as, as the corporate body of Christ. We come here to get in his presence. We come here to worship him. But he's here right now. Think about that. The presence of of the Lord is here. Anything can happen in his presence. So why do so many struggle? If the presence of the Lord is here, Pastor, why, am I, why do I still got my issue? Why can't I get my freedom? Why can't I get my victory? I'm going to give you one thing from this text today. Why we don't get our victory many times, even when he's here. He's here. We are in his presence. But God spoke, or David spoke in our text. We're still in verse 4. He says, I want to be in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And here's what I want to do, David says. 
that I may behold the beauty of the Lord. See, a lot of times, his people, you and I, we come and we get in his presence. We come to the house of the Lord. We gather in his name. But we don't behold his beauty. Matter of fact, I believe a lot of times what happens is something similar that we see in Zechariah chapter 3. Now, you're going to have to follow me here this morning. Zechariah chapter 3 is a vision that Zechariah has. And if you remember that Joshua, the high priest, is there. And just listen to verse 1. And it says, And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, and he's standing before the angel of the Lord. And Satan is standing at the right hand to resist him. Zechariah, he's having a vision. Joshua, he calls him the high priest. So, so he's a man of God. And, and he's standing before the angel of the Lord. Joshua represents Jerusalem. You know that as you continue to read the text. Or the elect people of God or the chosen if you will and many scholars believe that when you read the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament it is a, a Christophany which is simply the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ so if that's the case we see Joshua the high priest and he's in the presence of the Lord but right in the midst of the presence of the Lord is Satan the adversary and he's standing right there and he's, he's resisting Joshua. That word resist means to attack. It means to accuse. So Joshua, he's in the presence of the Lord, but yet there's an enemy that's in the presence and that enemy is resisting him and he's attacking him and he's accusing him. How many know Satan is good at accusations. He's called the accuser of the brethren. The scripture said he accuses us before God day and night. He is good at resisting, at attacking, at opposing the people of God. So we continue to read in verse 2, the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan. Even the Lord has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? So the Lord rebukes Satan, and, and, and he tells the enemy, I've chosen Jerusalem. I've plucked them out of the fire. But I, I like the fact that he rebukes Satan. Right, right now, Lord, I know you hear and if the enemy's trying to mess with somebody's mind if the enemy's trying to get them to, to look at their own sin and their own issues and to make them feel condemned and guilty Lord I just pray right now that you will rebuke the enemy out of his house in the name of Jesus I, I just threw that in there so so Jesus, or as you continue to read in, in verse 3 of Zechariah 3, 3, it says, Now Joshua, he's clothed in a filthy garment, and he stood before the angel. So this shows us that, that because he had on a filthy garment, it appears that the enemy had some things against Joshua, the man of God, the high priest, he had some things against him because he has on a filthy garment. You know, because that tells us if he had it on, then he had some dirt on him. But, but don't look at your neighbor, but I want to say the same way the enemy's got some dirt on you. 
Come on. <laughs> Don't you look at your spouse. But the enemy may have some dirt on you. He, the enemy knows the dirt from your past. See, for this filthy garment to show up in this vision, uh, the enemy must have been talking about, you know what Joshua, the high priest, done? You know the dirt that's in his life. You know the things that he's done. You know the enemy loves to point out our dirt. He really does. We, we see, when I thought about this, I, I thought about that woman caught in adultery in the very act, the Bible says, in John chapter 8, and they bring, them before, bring her before Jesus, and, and they're testing Jesus, really. Let's just see what it says about this woman caught in adultery. Oh, Jesus, she's been caught in the very act. You know what they're doing? They're pointing out her dirt. Look at her dirt. Look at everything she's done. Uh, the enemy does that. And we know the story moves on. Uh, Jesus says, you know, whoever has not committed sin, he tells him, you cast the first stone. But none of them can't, could. You know why? Because all of them had some dirt. All of them had something on them. We all got dirt on our lives. We all sometimes have a past that we are not to be proud of. It's dirt. Zechariah 3, 3, when, when, when Zechariah sees a high priest, he sees that filthy garment. I see it. I see it on this man of God. He's got some dirt. But I love what the next verse says. Verse 4, and he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, take away the filthy garment. Take it from him, and unto him he said, Behold, I've caused thy iniquities to pass before thee, and I will clothe thee with the change of raiment. He removes the filthy garment. He removes the dirt, and he changes Joshua. Now I say all that to say this. I wonder how often we gather in the name of Jesus, and he's here in our midst but there's an enemy here pointing out your dirt. The enemy's here accusing you and saying, wow, are you even here? You know the things you've done. You know the filthy thoughts you've had. You, you know the things you've done wrong. You know the sin that you've committed. How do you even think that God would ever bless you. You, you. You're worthless. God, God's angry at you. and God's, God's going to destroy. The enemy is an accuser of the brother. I wonder if the enemy ever speaks to anyone like that when we're right here in the midst of God, in the midst of, of Jesus where he said he's here. I wonder if he resists us at times in the presence of the Lord, pointing out our dirt, pointing out our filthy garment. And instead of us beholding the Lord, we're beholding all that stuff we've done, all those bad things. And we think, well, I can't, I can't ask God to do anything for me because I'm not living right for the Lord. I've done a few things wrong. I, I've sinned. I wonder how often we are beholding the dirt when David said, hey, when you get in his presence, don't behold the dirt, but instead behold the beauty of the Lord. That's what you need to behold, the beauty of the Lord. I'm telling you, the enemy will oppose you in the presence of God. 
I see it in the scripture. And I'll tell you this, when you move forward in God and you say, I'm going to try to serve God and live better, you better believe the enemy's going to bring people that's going to bring accusations against you. When you're ready to go to another level, you better be ready. There will come an attack. But greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. But he likes to point out our flaws. He likes to point out our issues and our dirt. What's our answer to such an attack? Stop beholding your dirt. Stop looking at all your flaws. Stop beholding the ugly. Stop looking at your past. Do like Paul and say, I forget those things which are behind me and I reach forth to those things which are before me. Get in the presence of the Lord and say, I'm going to behold the beauty of the Lord, not the dirty, filthy garment. I'm going to behold the beauty of the Lord. I'm going to look unto the Lord. Somebody say, well, preacher, what does that mean to really to behold the beauty of the Lord? Well, uh, I believe that we can get some key uh, in, in this vision that Zechariah had. I, I believe we can get some keys from that to know what it means and this is just a few things what it means to behold the beauty of of the Lord. For instance, the beauty of the Lord is like he said to Satan, I rebuke thee, Satan, and I have I not chosen Jerusalem and plucked him out of the fire? In the same way, the beauty of the Lord is when you begin to understand the day you got saved, the day you was blood bought, like God chose Jerusalem in Zechariah 3:2, God has chosen you. You need to see, I'm chosen by God. Uh, Ephesians 1, 4, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. That means that God was thinking about us even before he created the heavens and the earth. He chose you to be his child before this earth was created and all we got to do is accept what his son done on that cross and through the resurrection and I don't know about you but that is the beauty of the Lord. I have been chosen chosen. If you're saved today you are chosen. If you're born again today you are God's elect. Hear the magnitude of that. You need to get in the presence of the Lord and begin to see yourself as chosen by God. I'm God's elect. I have the favor of God on my life. I, I, I say our prayers would have a little more faith if we thought we had some favor of the Lord. You know, I, I'm so thankful for Marisol, but I bet I got more favor with her than anybody in this house. I, I believe I could get her to do things that nobody can. Why? Because I got favor. Some of you need to see that you are chosen by God and you have the favor of God on your life and God desires to bless your life. 
right. But instead of knowing that you're chosen, often we're looking at what the enemy's speaking. And the enemy's saying, are you worthless? God would never do anything for you. Some of you need to tell the devil, devil, you better back up. I am a chosen generation. I am God's child. I am the elect of God. Thank God that he chose us on that day that we gave our heart to him. Chosen by God. Uh, people might not choose you. You might go for a job interview and they might not choose you. You might try to be on some kind of team and they won't choose you. You might try to find that love. Come on, that special someone to spend your life with and they might not choose you. But I'm telling you, as long as God has you, as long as God chooses you, that's all that really matters. God chose you before the foundation of the world. You just got to accept him. Thank God I'm chosen. How do I behold his beauty? My Lord, I look that God chose me. He chose me. But he didn't stop there. But the beauty of the Lord is he chose me and he also cleansed me from my dirt. You know that woman caught in the very act of adultery. It says in John 8, 10, and 11, when Jesus had lifted up himself, he saw none there but the woman. He said unto him, the woman, are, where are the accusers? There's that word the enemy likes to accuse. Has no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn them be. Go and sin no more. We'll talk about that sin no more in a minute. So don't think I'm giving you a free ticket to sin. <laughs> Y'all know me better than that. <laughs> the beauty of the Lord though is when he could have condemned us for our dirt. See because he is without sin. He could have easily said I'll cast the first stone. None of y'all able to but I'm able to. And the law says she's got to die. For her act of adultery. But no, God, you know, he's compassionate. Jesus come here to save this world. So he doesn't condemn her for her sin, but instead it's like he takes away that filthy garment. He says, I, I don't condemn thee. He's, he's cleansing her and he tells her to go and sin no more. It's, it's like that vision when, when Joshua the high priest, oh, he had his dirt. He, he had that filthy garment on, but the Lord said, hey, you not going to have to keep it on because uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to cleanse you from it. Uh, I, I'm going to cleanse you and give you a change of raiment. I'm going to remove that, that old dirt from your life. Uh, that's the beauty of the Lord. The beauty of the Lord is he takes away your dirt. He removes that old filthy garment that, 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 that you wear, those things of the past. You need to understand when you get in his presence, I, I'm chosen by God. That's the beauty of the Lord. But he doesn't stop there. But he cleanses me. He removes my filthy garment. John the Baptist understood it. For he said in verse 29, when Jesus was being coming to be baptized, the Bible says when he saw Jesus coming afar off, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. 
of God which takes away the sins of the world. He understood. That's the beauty of the Lord. He'll take away every sin that you have ever committed. He'll clean your church. Oh, thank you God for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from our sins. I like what Hebrews 9 and 2 says. And almost all things, how are they purged by the law? Purged how with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no remission. That word purge, it means to get rid of. (laughs) Thank you God that my filthy garment I know I used to wear it but God you helped me get rid of it by the blood of Jesus. That word purge means to cleanse. That word purge means to purify. Thank you Lord that your blood cleansed me. Thank you Lord that your blood purified me. Oh, I don't know. I don't care what you're dealing with. I don't care how big that sin is. You hear me? Nothing's too big for the blood of Jesus to cleanse. Thank you, God, for your blood. There's no sin stained deep enough that the blood of Jesus cannot remove from your life. I know it's an old one, but what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, that's the beauty of the Lord. No, I don't deserve it. No, others may not choose me, but he chose me in the presence of God. I need to see that. And he cleansed me. He washed me with his precious blood when he bled upon that cross at Calvary. The blood of Jesus has made you clean. The blood of Jesus has purified you. It's the beauty of the Lord. His blood, it is his blood that was shed for the remission of our sins. The blood caused him to forgive you. The blood caused him to deliver you. The blood brought healing in your life. The blood pardoned us and the blood freed us. It gave us liberty. It justified us. It redeemed us. It reconciled us. I want somebody to know. I know you think I'm crazy. I know you might think why is he preaching so loud because the precious blood of Jesus cleansed me from my filth. It removed all my sins and I can go in the presence of the Lord and I can come boldly because of what he done through his blood. So devil you can take that. You might as well back up and get out of my presence because the blood of Jesus is over my life and it's cleansed me and it's redeemed me and it's reconciled me back to the almighty God. Thank you Lord for your blood. Thank you Lord for the blood. Thank you Lord for the blood. That's the beauty of the Lord. You get in the presence of God like that and when the enemy starts bringing up accusations, you say, devil, I'm chosen. God plucked me out of the fire. I've been chosen. I'm his chosen generation. I'm the elect of God. And devil, well, what about those sins you done last week? Well, devil, in the name of Jesus, I've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. My filthy garment has been removed. That's the beauty of the Lord. The beauty of the Lord is he chose us. The beauty of the Lord is he cleanses us. But here, perhaps even greater, the beauty of the Lord, he changed us. See, we need to start seeing I'm changed. I'm not the same man I used to be. 
He tells that woman caught in adultery, listen, I'm not going to condemn thee. I'm going to forgive thee. But when you leave, I want you to leave changed and go and sin no more. So God, you need to see yourself in the presence of the Lord that I'm changed. I'm not just chosen. I'm not just clean, but I've been changed. There's a lot of people, they get stuck at just cleansed. And they're living at just cleansed. But God wants you to know that he cleansed you to to change you so you could go and sin no more. Oh yeah, he cleansed us to change us. But then, uh, verse 4 of Zechariah 3, he answered and spake unto them that stood before him, Take away the filthy garment, uh, that's the cleansing, unto him. He said, Behold, I've caused thy iniquity to pass before him, that's the cleansing. And now, but listen, I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. The Lord even tells Joshua, Listen, now behold, I'll cause thy iniquity to pass before thee. What I want you to see. Is not the iniquity. I want you to see that it's been passed from thee. But the enemy wants you to get in here and feel guilty and feel condemned and feel like you're worthless and feel like, oh, God will never bless me. Devil's a liar. You're chosen. You're favored by God. Praise the living God. And the enemy like to tell you that. But he, God says, no, I want you to behold this, that your iniquities is passed from thee. I want you to behold that the filthy garment's been removed. Uh, behold that God has taken it away and has given you a change of raiment. That's the beauty of the Lord. The beauty of the Lord is he changed us at salvation. We became born again, the Bible says. The beauty of the Lord is that Isaiah 61.10, he said, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with a garment of salvation and has covered me with a robe of righteousness. I thank you, Lord, that I can apply that verse to my life at salvation. I got a gown, a garment of salvation and a robe of righteousness. Oh yes I did. How do you know Ephesians 4 24 and he put on the new man. He says put on that new man. Somebody needs to put on your new garment. What is that new man? It's the Lord Jesus but put on that garment which is after God. It's created in righteousness and true holiness. God help us to change to the place that we begin to walk in the new man and we can go and sin no more and we can walk in his righteousness and his true holiness. Thank you, Lord, for this garment that you've given me that's holy and righteous. I like what Romans 13, 14 says. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to put them on, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof, but I'm going to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to walk in my salvation, and I'm going to walk in my righteousness that he gave me when he cleansed me at that cross. I'm going to walk in that new uh, righteousness and that true holiness. I'm going to let that old man be passed away and all things become new. Ah, Some of you need to get in the presence of the Lord and behold his beauty today. The beauty of the Lord. What is it? God chose me. The beauty of the Lord, God cleansed me. The beauty of the Lord, God changed me. I'm closing if the team can come. Help us, God, to behold your beauty when we're in your presence. 
The enemy's going to try to get you to look at the things of your past. Make you feel guilty, make you feel condemned, make you feel like, I ain't going to pray nothing else. The enemy wants your faith. Why? Because he understands, Hebrews 11, 6, without faith is impossible to please God. But he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And you know one way you can diligently seek him? Get in his presence and just start beholding his beauty. Man, you're beautiful, Lord. God, you've done some beautiful things in my life. Lord, you chose me. And Lord, you cleansed me. Lord, you changed me. That's, that's what you need to do. Begin to see his beauty. When you do, I'm telling you, that's when you can do what the next thing says. He says, uh, he talks about inquire in his temple. Let me, let me read it. We'll be done. And to inquire in his temple. That word inquire, it means to seek, but it also means to consider, to reflect. Other translations even uses the word meditate. In his temple, we need to reflect, meditate upon him, upon the beauty of the Lord. Reflect on the things he has done for our life. When we do that, we'll be able to ask in faith. Man, I'm chosen. I, usually, if it's not too far out of the way, anything I ask Mary Soul for, she'll give it to me. I could probably say, hey, Mary Soul, do you have $20? You know, uh, my father had his birthday, and I was a little on, low on cash. Can you, give, can you give me $20 to help uh, pay for my dad's, or put in his card? She said, how about 30 No, that's, whoo. No, that's how God works when you have his favor. It's similar, very similar. Sometimes, come on, he does exceedingly abundantly above. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I have her favor. And, you know, thank God that uh, she helped me out with that. Then, but I, then I bought dinner, so I do give back. <laughs> but that's how it works. And victory would come if when we got in his presence, we didn't just look at our old self. And I, I, sometimes we got to examine ourselves. I understand that. And, and if there's sin in our life, we got to confess and get right with the Lord. That's not what I'm preaching. But what I'm preaching is after you've asked God to forgive you and you're serving the Lord and that enemy's accusing you, you need to say, no, no, no. I'm chosen. I'm cleansed. I'm changed. And behold his beauty. And I know God will give you victory. But I want everyone to stand this morning. We, I pray that you receive something from this word today. Help us, Father. We're going to be receiving communion, so if you would like to stay for that, we'd love for you to be a part of that. But before we do that, I want to open up this altar today. And I feel like there's some of you said, Pastor, I've been under that attack of the enemy. I've come to even to this church and I wanted to come to the altar but I didn't feel like I'm not worthy enough or I'm not good enough and, and the enemy has been given, bringing accusations against you and trying to resist you in the presence of even in the presence of God but today you want to break that today you begin, want to begin to see the beauty of the Lord in the house of God Maybe you're here today and you say, I, I got some sin. I know I've done wrong. And I, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. 
And I, I, I just want to get cleansed today. I, I, want, I know I'm chosen. I want to be cleansed. And I want to be changed today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you say, that's me, Pastor. Today, I want to rededicate my life. Today, I want to be cleansed today. If that's you, I want you to lift up your hand. Is, is there one in the house? Praise the Lord for those hands. Praise the Lord. If you lifted your hand, I, I'm going to ask that you'll come. And if, if, if you will, I, I promise we're not going to embarrass you. But we just want to pray for you. And I want those also today, you say, Pastor, I've been under attack of the enemy. He's been accusing me of some things. And today, I want to be free. I, I want to touch from God today. Sister Marisol. 